0: Good morning. Well, good morning. There we go. (laughs) Welcome to Fellowship Church. I'm like, wait a second. I was was expecting it, (laughs) Uh, y'all. We are glad to be gathered with you today here in the sanctuary. Those of you who are worshiping with us online and those of you who are in the atrium worshiping, the Spirit unites us as we center ourselves around a bigger story than just our own lives that we've had this past week, as we center ourselves in who God is and what God is doing in this world. Our mission here at Fellowship Church is one that we repeat every week because we want to remind ourselves what our purpose is as this community, and it is to love God and others as an accepting community centered in Christ and focused on developing faithful followers of Jesus. We do that in a variety of different ways, and I want to tell you just this morning about a couple of ways that we're going to be doing that this next week. Uh, Next Sunday, we will be worshiping together at 30, one service, one service, so don't show up at 10.30, you will miss the entire thing. 930 outdoors and we're going to be for those of you in the sanctuary you see where I'm pointing out on this side of the building which is different than what we did this past year Um, this is the north side you can park on the south side or have somebody drop you off and or you can walk over but we'll be worshiping on the north side in the parking lot out there one service together it's pastor Lindsay's final Sunday with us and so we wanted to all be together to share in communion together Uh, we will be live streaming this service so if you can't be in person tune in at 9.30 and you'll be united with us at the same time. And then immediately following that, we will have uh, a party, a celebration of Pastor Lindsay's ministry among us over the last years. There will be lots of fun activities for kids and people of all ages, so there will even be a few snacks, I think. So, yeah, come prepared for that. Um, Bring a chair to sit on or a blanket or something that you can uh, sit on as you worship or you'll be standing the entire time. So make sure you bring that for yourselves. Um, We also have the next day, the very next day, so a week from tomorrow, June 14th we'll be starting Vacation Bible School Um, and Miss Bessie has been uh, busy at work uh, planning this and she needs one more volunteer Um, an adult crew leader who can be with kids who are in third through fifth grade. So if you have a week open or you'd want to open up your week, um, just let Betsy know. She's looking for one more person to fill that slot. She still has plenty of room for kids. So if you want a week away, kids from home, or parents, if you want your kids to take a week away from home, you can still sign up. Um, It's one of the first times after school that kids will have this open week, and what better way to spend it than learning about God's love for them and for the world. Uh, Part of our life together is also um, the leadership of our body. And this morning we are going to be um, installing our elders and deacons for their next three and four year terms. So I'll turn it over to Pastor Nate and Ross.
1: Jess, you, you, you stole all of our thunder, you know? How, what, what kind of introduction do we have when Jess just told you what we're going to do? No, just kidding. Uh, we are grateful uh, for the number of folks here at Fellowship Church that are gifted leaders in our community and in their homes. Uh, but this morning, we have the unique uh, honor and significant, the significant act of uh, installing and ordaining some folks into uh, leadership here at Fellowship Church as elders and deacons. We say uh, at our church that deacons and elders are called to serve as Christ served. We look to them to be people of spiritual commitment, exemplary life, compassionate spirit, and sound judgment. Deacons are set apart for a ministry of mercy, service, and outreach, while elders are set apart for a ministry of care for the welfare and the order of the church. Elders and deacons, together with the ministers, form the consistory to lead, God, to lead God's people in proclaiming good news to the poor, righteousness to the nations, and peace among all. Jeff, we uh, have some people, I think, that uh, can live up to that, or uh, with Christ's help and the power, by the power of the Spirit can live up to that, at least. Uh, who do we have uh, to serve alongside of us?
2: The congregation has elected the following people to the offices of deacon deacon and Elder, um, and when I call your name, if you could please come up here, um, to the Office of Deacon, Melissa Spooner, Carrie Danick, Chris Gibson, Tim McMichael, and Bob Warfel. And to the Office of Elder, Jerry Elverson, Bob runes Bonnie Elhart, Sherry Graham and Jane Lau.
3: I'm going to slide down here so you can see them all rather than me as I ask them a few questions uh, as we recognize this to be uh, the newest edition of folks entering the leadership of Fellowship Church. We ask them a series of questions. So I invite you to answer these, this first batch of them all together and in unison. Brothers and sisters, do you confess together with us and the church throughout the ages your faith in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Yes, truly, in all my heart. Do you believe in your heart that you are called by Christ's church and therefore by God to this office? Do you believe the books of the Old and New Testaments to be the Word of God and the perfect doctrine of salvation, rejecting all contrary beliefs? Yes, truly, heart. And the last one for all of you together. Will you be loyal to the witness and work of the Reformed Church in America, using all your abilities to further its Christian mission here and throughout the world? All right, then I ask those of you who are stepping into the role of elder to step two steps forward, if you would. These questions are specifically for our elders, or this question. Elders, will you faithfully, diligently, and cheerfully study God's word, encourage spiritual growth, maintain loving discipline, and provide for the proclamation of the gospel and the celebration of the sacraments?
1: As deacons, will you faithfully, diligently, and cheerfully manifest Christ's love and care, gather and distribute the offerings of God's people, visit and comfort the distressed, minister to the poor and needy, and strive to advance God's reign of justice and peace. I will, and I ask God to help. You may step back.
2: Okay, members of Fellowship Church, please rise. Uh, to affirm your covenant with the elders and deacons whom God has given us, beloved in Christ, do you receive these deacons and elders as elected and ordained servants of Christ? Do you promise to encourage and pray for them? Do you promise to labor together in obedience to the gospel for the unity, purity, and peace of the church, the welfare of the whole world, and the honor of our Lord Jesus Christ? If so, please say we do.
1: may be seated. We hold these offices in high regard, so much so that we call them ordained positions. That's the same title that we have as ministers, that you are set apart, that you are prayed for as leaders of this congregation. Some of the folks up here have already been ordained to an office, but some of them have not. And so this morning, we have the opportunity to ordain four folks, uh, Melissa, Carrie, Tim, and Jane. Will you please step forward? We will install everyone as elders and deacons for this season of ministry, but these folks will be ordained this morning uh, to their office of elder and deacon. And the way that we're going to do that is that we are going to uh, pray for each one of them individually. So will you join me in prayer? God, we thank you for Jane, for Carrie, for Tim, and for Melissa. We thank you for their love for you, the gifts that you have given them, and the grace that you have shown them. We pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit upon them that is burning like fire and yet gentle as a dove, so that they may serve your church faithfully. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. You may step back. Oh, no, stay 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 forward. Just a second as I
3: make a declaration. Don't wander away yet, Jane. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the only head of the church, I now declare that Jane Lau is ordained to the office of elder, and I declare that Melissa Spooner, Carrie Danick, and Tim McMichael are ordained to the office of deacon. Thanks be to God. Now you may step backwards.
1: And now we will install all of these folks into uh, their service uh, as elders and deacons. Hear these words, in the sight of God and God's people, I declare to you the newest members of the Fellowship Consistory and ask you to be faithful in performing your duties. Magnify the one who has called you to these high and holy offices. Be zealous for the church of Christ, hospitable, prudent, upright, devout, and self-controlled. Love goodness holding always to the mystery of the faith
3: invite you now to join your hearts with me as we pray over all of them together in this new role of leadership in our church. Let's pray together. Almighty and ever-loving God, may every grace of ministry rest on these elders and deacons. Keep them strong and faithful that your church may prosper in peace. Grant them wisdom, courage, discretion, and benevolence that they may fulfill their charge to the glory of Jesus Christ. Bestow your grace on these people, the congregation, that we may support these deacons and elders with prayer, cooperation, and encouragement to guard them from growing weary in doing what is right. Inspire your whole church with your spirit of power, unity, and peace. Grant that all who trust you may live together in love through Jesus Christ our Savior. And all God's people said, Amen.
1: Let's welcome these, our newest leaders of Fellowship Church.
0: This time I'd like to invite you to stand and hear the words of Psalm 100. Stand together. I don't know what kind of week you've had, but our faith leaves room for the complexity of holding hard things and the goodness of God together. So even as you hear these words, know that you are welcome just as you are. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God.
4: Let the King of my heart be the mountain Yes, so...
5: invite you to remain standing. Friends, we gather together this morning as imperfect people, and as we gather, I invite you to take part of this prayer of confession. This will be a responsive prayer, so you'll see it on the screen. I will be the one, and you will be the all. Let's pray together. Merciful God, for the things we have done that we regret, for the things that we have failed to do that we regret, For all the times we have acted without love, forgive us. for all the times we have reacted without thought, forgive us. for all the times we have withdrawn care, us. for all the times we have failed to forgive, forgive us. for hurtful words said and helpful words unsaid, for unfinished tasks and unfulfilled hopes. As we confess with each other, there's also these words of assurance that, if we repent and believe in God's redeeming mercy, that we are saved, we are forgiven of our sins. And we can begin a life anew with God. So we ask that we would begin that life with God and with all people in the name of Christ. So with that hope, I say the peace of Christ be with you. you. Please take a moment to share a sign of that peace with those around you. So as we come to the end of another school year, uh, we have an annual tradition, as many places do, of celebrating our graduates here at Fellowship. We want to celebrate our high school graduates, our college graduates, and anything above that. All of these are great accomplishments that we celebrate as a community. So we've asked our graduates from those different spaces to submit uh, the answer to a few questions. I know through the next couple months they're asked over and over again, what are your plans for next fall? So we figured rather than all of us asking them after the service, we would simplify things a little bit. So we're about to watch a short video. Uh, Our graduates have submitted their picture, their name, where they're graduating from, and what their plans are for the fall. So graduates, I know I saw some here. Uh, As the video gets to the end, I invite you guys to come up front right here on the floor. But for now, let's watch this video together. I'd like to invite any graduates that we have in the room to come up front. Don't be shy. Everyone's oh, there it is. It? Happened in the first service, too. People waiting for someone else to make the first move. That's good. Here, you guys can just stand right up here. I'll get out of the way. They want to see you, not me. So first of all, we want to say congratulations to you all. Uh, we are proud of you. And we want to say a blessing to all of you guys today. And we thought that we would do that through a song uh, together. And it's going to be a familiar song that you guys uh, may remember. It was written by our former worship leader, Jordan Clegg. And we would sing this to you guys when you would go off to Sunday school as a prayer of blessing. And if everyone's like, what? some of you are catching on, some of you know, but I'll just say the first couple of lines. Uh, which came back very quickly this week. I'm sure it will for you too, but is Lord, give our children peace and grace as they grow in knowing you. May they be cherished in this place, and through their faith, our faith renewed. And we want you guys to know that as you guys go into these next phases, whether it's work, whether it's school, that we know that there is uh, excitement and enjoyment, and there's also nerves, and there are things coming up. So we pray for grace, and we pray for peace for you all in this next, in this time coming up and we want you to know that as you go to different places that you guys are cherished in this space by these people Um, and know that you always have a home here we're looking forward to you guys coming and seeing us in the summers and on breaks and letting us know if you guys need anything so we're going to do is i'm going to ask you all to stay seated but i'm going to ask you to extend a hand of blessing to these graduates as we sing this familiar song also Right after this, we are going to dismiss children to uh, ages three through fourth grade to time with Betsy. So if you are with a child as well, we're also going to use this as a blessing as we have had in the past. So I'm going to hand it over to the praise team, and would we extend a hand of blessing as we bless these seniors, our graduates, not even seniors anymore. <laughs>
4: We give
0: this the, time, our kids can go with Betsy for Sunday school.
5: Thanks, guys. Let's give these guys one more round, round of applause as they take their seats.
1: Dutch deals today, Lynns. Three for the <laughs> price of one. You guys can't wait, can you? Come on. Hey, you know what, I, I, the, the moment no one's been waiting for, um, you know, I couldn't help but notice uh, in those graduates, there are people going all over, but there is one place that is obviously missing. I saw a Spartan on there, but I didn't see any oh. Wolverines. I thought we were at Wolverine Church. What's <laughs> up with that? Just kidding! I know there's plenty of Spartans. Uh, we uh, are grateful for uh, you, graduates, and uh, offer our blessing on you as well uh, as pastor, as your pastors for these last couple of years. You know that we have been in, or maybe you don't know, but we are in the midst of a (laughs) three-week mini-series, you might say, on the letters to the church. So often we think of these letters uh, and the kind of meat and uh, potatoes of them uh, right in the middle, but we are going to been focusing on the beginnings, the endings, and a a new category, you might say, uh, called the postscripts, Uh, next week, postscripts. Uh, But this morning we are uh, looking at the endings of these letters.
6: I know. Okay, so yes. it had me thinking, Nader, about uh, letters. And, you know, I, I tried my hand at a few pen pals growing up, and I wrote a few love letters in my day. Um, I wrote a hate letter once that I actually accidentally sent to the guy. That was not a good idea. Sorry,
1: Nate. That was a rough yeah, day. That was, <laughs> that was
6: oh my sackcloth
1: and ashes.
4: <laughs> yeah.
6: So then I was thinking about chain letters. Remember the chain letters that were like mimeographed? And then you had to send them to seven people, and if you broke the chain, you were cursed. I is this kind of like
1: a social media post?
6: So, yeah, no, but these were on actual paper and like <laughs> oh. way back in the, you know, when I was a kid.
1: When I speaking, I mean, like letter writing is kind of a lost art, once you say? It's I mean, we
6: kinda we sad. we're yeah. kind of sandwiched.
1: Our grandparents only wrote letters, and our kids are probably only going to write emails. I mean, how lame is
3: that? You know. What's cool is our Miss Betsy has been teaching even our children to write letters, so it maybe won't be a completely lost art. There's certainly something significant about getting something in the mail yeah, on paper and pen.
6: Yeah, so did you, you, wrote, you wrote a love letter or two in your yeah, day? Yeah,
3: Yeah. so we, Rachel and I, when we were dating, had a season of distance dating. She did summer school in Vienna, and so we wrote letters to each other, and uh, I'm sure glad that those are not still read years later like we do with this book. Uh,
1: you were quite the romantic, Pastor Ross. <laughs> Natural. What happened, Rachel? <laughs> I, interestingly enough, similarly, I my father is re uh, what do you call that? You know, remodeling. remodeling. That's the word I yeah. was looking for. Remodeling uh, my grandparents' old home, and they were cleaning out the basement, and they found a box of letters that he wrote to my grandmother before they were married, while he was serving in the military, like. 55 years ago, or who knows how long, a long time ago. It's fascinating. The art of letter writing is uh, pretty fascinating.
3: Yeah. And we all have experience with these letters, our letters, and the letters that have been sent to us. But in this series, we're focusing on the New Testament letters, and today in particular on the endings of these letters. And so we selected together a verse that kind of highlights a theme that appears in the majority of these letters, a nice familiar one that comes at the end of First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, where it says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
6: You know, and Russ, those are really nice letters and words, and they would look great on a Hallmark card. Um, and, and I have no problem with any of those things. Um... You know, it's good to rejoice, it's good to pray, it's good to give thanks. So my problem isn't with the verbs. My problem is with the adverbs. Because when we talk about always and continually and in all circumstances, which I realize isn't an adverb, but you know what I mean. I'm really good at rejoicing and praying and giving thanks. Sometimes. Occasionally. And in the best of circumstances, hmm. but always, continually, hmm. and in all circumstances, not so much. Unless, of course, I'm thinking about my bro leagues, and then I just, it's always, all the time. Uh-huh, Naturally.
1: Sure. That's a little smoke <laughs> will don't you think? <laughs> it does seem a little extreme, though, Pat Lindsay. I mean, always, all the time, never ending. I mean, that, these are really kind of impossible tasks, you might say. But yet, Paul still uses these positive verbs uh, that's not depend- in the non-dependent on our circumstances, situations. We're encouraged to do these things kind of no matter what, to pray, to rejoice, and to give thanks. And there's three of them. So, I was wondering, you know, there's three of us. Maybe we should just all do One.
4: That's a great idea. We
3: should unpack what they mean, don't you? I think, Ross, you should get us started. Let's do that. Hey, the first one you heard, it's, uh, it's an entire verse. Rejoice always. And again, I'll remind you that this comes at the end of a letter, and so it is kind of implicitly for us a reminder to rejoice even in our farewells when good things are coming to an end we rejoice always. In fact, in another one of the letters, in Second John, it ends this kind of way, the part that you might typically skip over if you were reading it. It says, I have much to write you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. This happens often at the ends of the letters where the goodbye is actually a see you later it's not a final complete ending it is a we will see you later at some time we look forward to that i'm thinking of times that many of us experience throughout life maybe even now or recently of retirement parties when the rhythms of work and a network of colleagues shifts of graduation celebrations like we just did today when deep friendships go in different directions, of the changing of the seasons when spring gives way to summer and then to fall and then to winter, or when you stay but a neighbor or a family member or someone you love moves far away across town or across nations, or even when experiences come to an end, a trip a retreat, a vacation, in which people and place mattered a lot, and then it comes to an end. In each of these instances, we say goodbye, but we don't mean goodbye forever. We really mean, see you later, because we will. To say it Christianly, we rejoice always, even in our farewells, because we know that they are not permanent. So two stories I'd like to share with you. One of them is from my own graduation, which was back in the year 2000. And uh, I'm, I'm cruising around Grand Rapids in my first car, which is a 1986 Chevy Monte Carlo.
6: Oh boy.
3: Whoa. Whoa. That the, uh, Big stuff.
6: Was that, was that the two-door? <laughs> that was
3: two-door <laughs> yes. edition, for sure. And the door was, was like...
6: Three yards long. Yes, yeah. it was very large.
3: Yes, definitely the hybrid version. Uh, not a hybrid. The reason hybrids exist, possibly. That how many in cylinders
1: did that Monte that Carlo V8, have? That was V8, baby. Oh, V8. Mm.
3: <laughs> Cruising around Grand Rapids in my Chevy Monte Carlo, and uh, very, very mindful at this graduation time of how good, good friends are going to go in different directions, and so some of my friends would go to Calvin. I would go to Hope, others would go to Pepperdine or off to Seattle Pacific University and another to the United States Merchant Marine Academy. And I'm driving around and feeling the big feelings of my friendships taking a major transition time. And so there was a soundtrack to my life at that particular time, and I think you might know it. It's very cheesy and very meaningful. Uh, uh, Michael W. Smith and his song, Friends Are Friends Forever. See if this rings a bell
4: friends. Yeah, you must have been a the
1: really back. cool Monte Carlo driver <laughs> That's right, pulling around with that song playing. Well, I was
3: cool, period. And those songs made it better, right? Wow. Okay. Uh, but, so, but seriously, it's super cheesy song. You get it. And I bet you've cried to it, too, right? And our graduates are feeling that right now, right, where these transitions are. And yet, that song was a reminder that even though we say goodbye, friends are friends forever. We'll see each other again. There was another Big Fields song, though, at the same time, maybe even cheesier. And this was the one that I was. Is singing. that possible? I don't know. You'll find out in just a <laughs> second. Uh, this was to my youth leaders at the time. It was Ray Boltz. Thank you. See if you've heard this one.
4: Oh, gosh.
3: I wish I could drive in that two door BDS Monte Carlo with you. <laughs> now that we have our song list set for next week, we're, yeah. we're going to yeah. go, right? Great song. But these are ones where, again, we recognize that transitions, there will come a time where we, ev- we see these friends again. And it's not a final, it's not a funeral. Which brings me to my second story, which is where you might say, but wait, Ross, sometimes we do say goodbye and it is a bit more permanent. And those are those moments funerals. And in the Dielman-Borsma side, we had one like that this past year. Grandma Connie Borsma passed away, and so we gathered around the graveside like others of you have, either this year or in longer memory. We gather around her graveside, And we each had stones, and we took a moment as an entire family to say a word or a story of what Grandma was to us and how we hope her legacy to live on through us and to remember her forever. We created a pile of standing stones on her graveside, a really powerful moment at one of those moments that feels quite final. But friends, you know that even in this worst-case scenario where our goodbyes are at our funerals, That, too, is really only a see you later as we Christians celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ and look forward to a great reunion with all of our loved ones in the kingdom of the ages. Thanks be to God, even the hardest goodbyes are not finally permanent, and we can rejoice always because we will see each other again in this life and the next.
1: Hmm. I really like that, Ross, the teasing out of the difference between kind of the goodbye and the see you later finale. If you're like me, you've had uh, this see you later or goodbyes on your mind quite a bit lately, not just for the normal stuff of life, but we as a congregation are anticipating a significant goodbye or see you later. A poet once said, great is the art of beginning, but greater is the art of ending, and it's got me wondering as we've been looking at the ends of these letters, what does it mean to end well? While I've been holding this uh, term "pray without ceasing" and looking at the ends of the letters, I couldn't help but notice a little pattern that I noticed in almost all of Paul's letters. After he says something about saying that he'll see you later or send people, he often includes the line, which I'm kind of bummed that we didn't include in this. So I just had to bring it up this morning, but Paul. Almost always says, greet one another with a holy kiss.
3: (laughs) So you're going to bring that back. Mm
1: -hmm. I think we should. So uh, here in the Fellowship Church, instead of the peace of Christ be shared with a handshake or a high five, we're going to greet one another with a holy kiss. What do you think? Mm. Um, Maybe we should stick with the first century for that. What about it makes it holy, Nate? Well, well, I think that's for you to talk to your kids about. (laughs) I mean, I get the, you know, like rejoicing after a first kiss or even giving thanks for a good kiss, but praying (laughs) while kissing, you know, like that seems a little, I'm sorry, this is too far. But the point, Paul, I think is what I'm trying to say is that uh, praying without ceasing, I believe, is an invitation, an invitation for all of us to see all of our lives as uh, uh, through the lens of our relationship with Christ as communion with God in somehow or some way. When I think of prayer, I often think of, you know, folding my hands or holding hands with one another as we ask God to bless the food that's before us or the people in my life that I love or someone that I know that is going through a difficult time. And we're asking, God, would you please be with them? Would you show your grace to these folks? Which is true. Yes, that is prayer. And I wonder if a part of praying without ceasing is looking to bless others to give of ourselves in a similar way seeking their interest above even our very own. Paul seems to pick up on this in so many of his letters as he ends almost all of his letters with the familiar phrase that's kind of an abbreviated version of what you said last week Pastor Ross grace be with you grace be with you grace the free gift of God's love, the, the, uh, the undeserved, unmerited offering of God's self in the form of Jesus for the sake of another person, for the sake of us? Hmm. What if praying without ceasing is an invitation for us to offer grace, to offer blessing, to, to give of ourselves for the sake of another, not just in the words of our prayers, but also with our very lives? Beck and I, a number of years ago, had the opportunity to go out to the Pacific Northwest. It was a trip that we were going to take with her family for a week in downtown Seattle. But the week before that, we decided that we wanted to go a little earlier. We were making the trek across the country and make, making the plane purchase already, and I had to get, you know, a two-for-one that time. And so we uh, were going to go and visit the Olympic Peninsula and visit the national park there. I was talking to a seminary colleague of mine about this trip, and he mentioned that he was from that area, Poulsbo, Washington, actually, where his in-laws still lived. Jack and Joan Tench were their names, and he said, "Why don't you give them a call?" And so, Beck and I gave them a call. Jack said, uh, "We." we'd love to have you come uh, and visit us. Never met the guy before in my life. He, uh, in his uh, Toyota RAV4, picked us up from the SeaTac airport and took us back to his house where we could get settled before we ventured off throughout the peninsula. He said, we have an extra car in the parking lot. Why don't you take that as you go? So we borrowed their daughter's extra car, and we gallivanted all over through uh, Olympic National Park, seeing the beauty of it, and then on the way back, as we were heading back to Seattle, they invited us over to their home for a dinner and for a night over before we hooked up with Becca's family. And there, after a meal together, they gathered us, uh, Becca and baby Eva and I, uh, in their living room, and they asked us to join hands with them as they shared with us a gift that they give to every single one of their house guests no matter for a meal or for an overnight they prayed with us they asked us how we uh, what we would ask for in prayer and then they prayed for our lives of ministry uh, our trip and then the things and the people that we asked for I thought Jack and Joan Tench were a great example of praying without ceasing because they gave of themselves, gave of their stuff and their time, but also lifted us up in prayer. We may not be sharing holy kisses in all of our farewells, but what if in the the simplicity of dropping our kids off at school or sending our relatives off at the airport or leaving the office on a normal Wednesday afternoon or for the very last time? What if the greatest gift we can give is that of a prayer of God's grace to be present with them yeah. and our very lives through, the genera- through our generous spirits? Hmm.
6: And Nate, that's such a great and beautiful question. It's a question that I can give thanks for. It's one of those circumstances where I find it very easy to find gratitude. But there are those other circumstances swirling all around us Many 39th day situations, to borrow language from our last sermon series, where it is a little harder to find gratitude. But Paul says in this passage, give thanks in all circumstances. Not once the circumstances are over, not only in good circumstances, but in all circumstances. In one of my favorite little-known passages, tucked away at the end of the book of Acts, Paul is a prisoner on a ship that has lost its way. The crew is ready to abandon ship. The crew is just going to leave all the prisoners and the soldiers on the ship and get out of town, or get out of the boat, I guess. So all the soldiers go over to the lifeboats. They cut the ropes, and they send the lifeboats into the sea, totally empty. Hmm. There they were. They had been 14 days without food. A mutiny is about to occur, and it's the middle of the night with no shore in sight. And it's at this moment that Paul stands up and he says this. Today is the 14th day that you have been in suspense and remaining without food, having eaten nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food, for it will help you survive. For none of you will lose a hair on your heads. After he said this, he took bread, and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Then all of them were encouraged and took food for themselves. Notice in this passage that Paul does not wait for daybreak. He doesn't wait for the storm to be over. He doesn't wait for danger to abate. Bread is offered while the storm still rages. Thanksgiving is given in the midst of chaos. Encouragement is felt, despite the circumstances around them. I think gratitude and thanksgiving is often mistaken as an act of conclusion. It's something to be offered once the shore is reached, when safety is achieved, when pain is abated, when the 39th day is over. But here in this passage in Acts, serious questions about their their survival remain, and Paul takes a moment To give thanks when we only give thanks at the good when we only give thanks at the end only offer Thanksgiving in the daylight we run the risk of what Barbara Brown Taylor calls the full solar version of Christianity and that is not the true picture this text plays in the dark Bread is broken before daybreak. Thanksgiving is given before the sun comes up. Encouragement is felt in the midst of darkness. If we spend our whole lives only looking for, seeking out, and wishing for sunlight, we miss the opportunity for hope and thanksgiving that comes in the dark, that comes in all circumstances. I've mentioned this story before. My favorite childhood book was The Hiding Place by Corrie Ten Boom. And in one of my favorite passages, sisters Betsy and Corrie are arrested and taken to a concentration camp for hiding Jews in their home. And during a prayer time one evening, Betsy is meditating on this very passage, giving thanks in all circumstances. And she is listing all the things that she's grateful for, and she includes the fleas that infest their barracks. Corey stops her sister in the middle of her prayer and says, Fleas, you cannot be serious. I cannot give thanks for fleas. Hmm. And Betsy simply says, Give thanks in all circumstances. A few days later, after noticing the enormous amount of freedom they, ha- they and their fellow inmates are given to meet together, to pray together, to read the Bible together, something that would normally be completely outlawed, they heard the guards remark that they would not go near their barracks because of all the fleas. Give thanks in all circumstances. I think so often that gratitude is the word that we have been waiting for, wanting for, wistful for. It's the lifeline into the pits in which we've fallen. It's the focus to all that is blurry around us. It is the wind to the stagnancy that surrounds us. It is the greatest tool against anger and depression and shame. Give thanks in, despite, over, and against, next to, alongside, underneath, amongst all circumstances. There is always something to be grateful for. That's why Paul begins and ends so many of his letters with gratitude and thanksgiving, no matter the circumstances.
3: Hmm. So the letter we're focusing on today ends saying, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Has me wondering, friends, how do you guys end your letters? Hey? Uh, Well, I had a peculiar ending to almost all the
1: emails I got from a professor that was just simply yours. And I always thought that was a little peculiar. But um, I also, uh, I tend to use the kind of common phrase, in Christ, that we're one in Christ.
6: Always, always a solid ending. Simple, yeah. you know? Yeah, I'm kind of a grace and peace girl. Sometimes, though, if I'm in a hurry, just go right to the peace.
3: Right. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. I've got two. If it's more informal, I like cheers, exclamation point. Just cheers <laughs> at the end of it. Or if it's a truly, truly good thing, I like to steal from John Calvin, who writes 1,600 pages of complex theology and then ends in all caps saying, God be praised. I like that one, too.
6: That's a good one. So, Fellowship Church, in this, our love letter to you, we close by saying...
1: Rejoice always. Pray continually.
6: Give thanks in all circumstances.
1: God be praised. In Christ.
0: Grace and peace. Amen. Amen. I invite you to stand, and I think there's just one way we can end the service, but by singing, Oh Give Thanks. These words are straight from Psalm 107. Let's stand and sing together.
6: great way to end. A few notes for all of you. Remember again, next Sunday, outdoor worship one time at 9 30. So please join us. It's going to be a fun, a fun morning. We're keeping it fun, fun morning. <laughs> also, there are listening sessions uh, after, well, after each service. So just one would apply to you today, right now, taking place in the youth center. So join us there. And we also will be holding a baptism at the lake today at noon. So if you want to join us at Tunnel Park, Uh, At noon at the Lakeshore, we we will be baptizing Anna Bosma. So please uh, join us. Friends, our ending today, our benediction today, is quite simple. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. And as you go, may you go in peace. Amen.